Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me now, won't you? As we visit together on the radio. Ask me how I knew I was Hardy White. I have it written on my arm. In case I forget, because I've seen one too many movies where people forget who they are. And I remember there was a fella in a soap opera in the 1970s. And he forgot who he was, but his initials were on his belt buckle. So we got his initials right, but he still got his name wrong. It's Mickey something. November 12th, 1960s. A person lands upon the moon on surface. Houston, we got three to Beamer, Charlie Roger Pancake Grover. We uh, read you loud and clear, Cream Leopard. So loud, I hear that voice, I said. Let's take the one, two, and three. I got four on Everybody's vibrant. Your coordinates is seven eight nine. Come on now. Houston, we are coming in. Here we are. Look at this. That's from my bootleg flexi disc collection. It's called Landing on the Moon. In quotes. Everything is in quotes. That's not the way I remember it. Oh, here's a good one. It's called Lincoln's Address. Well, he came a-hooting and a-hollering out of the woods, and I thought he'd gone ditched. I said, Marcel, what in the world are you a-doing in that tree? And he says, I'm a-living to see tomorrow. What are ye doing? And I turned around, and there's a bar about the size of a bar. What's a bar? Oh, I think that's an old-timey way of saying bear, like the old joke. What old joke? A guy walks into a bar. I think it started out as a guy walks into a bear, which is funnier. Yeah, kind of is. I have a bar joke. Oh, too bad. A guy walks into a bar. Here we go. And he sits down. Hilarious. Then an old lady walks into that bar, and she says, He had a hat. And everyone goes, hey, it's the he had a hat grandma from the drowning grandson joke. And they all applaud. Next, a penguin walks in and he says, no, that's just ice cream. And all the people say, hey, it's the penguin from the seal joke. And they all applaud. And then a Frenchman walks in and says, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I must have wine. And everyone says, hey, it's the Frenchman from the I'm thirsty, I must have diabetes joke. Where is this going? I gotta be honest. I'm just stalling while Hardy goes through your stuff. What the heck? No, I'm kidding. He's not going through your stuff. That's just a joke. See, I played a joke. What kind of humor was that? New. Ramco presents Nostalgia Toy X200, the toy from your kid days. That's the toy I loved when I was still peeing myself. It's the same one, but now it's new, and you can buy it. It's all mine, finally. Hours of joy being lost in memories. I'm a space synchron, green maneuver engage. What part do you miss most about being a kid? Criminal immunity. What do you mean? I mean, under a certain age, you can basically do any depraved thing imaginable and you don't go to prison. You can do anything and nothing happens. I guess you're right. Yeah, until I was five, I ran the largest criminal enterprise in Jersey City. I was untouchable. I didn't pay taxes. And let me tell you, they make a big deal about organized crime, but absolutely you can do it with a nursery school education. And actually, a nursery school level emotional intelligence helps. Well, for me, it's just sweet cereals and cartoons. You can't possibly miss that. What has it been, hours? I, I know, but it, it just doesn't hit the same. Because you're an adult. How long are you going to marvel at a talking frog or something? Uh, I miss wonder. You'll get it again as your brain breaks down. 
but the sense of hope for the future. We've been friends since we were kids, am I right? Not really. You used to bully me. I did not. It was tough love. You forced me to buy cigarettes. Coerced. Not forced. Jeez, you make me sound like a monster. Anyway, you were terrible at being a kid. You're much better at being an adult. Thanks. I guess. Listen, you can't go back. Ever. It's a forward-moving affair. Just drag the past with you. Your memories are like Olympic pins. People who go to more than one Olympics trade and acquire pins and wear them because they can't bring the actual past with them. So they reduce it to a symbol and pin it to their hats. Do that. Hey, neighbor kid. This is Mr. Register. And I am clearly having a nightmare where I am subbing for Mr. Rogers, but I don't know what I'm doing, nor do I have cue cards or a script. <laughs> so please excuse the improv. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weirder when we go to the neighborhood of make-believe. Here's an interesting fact I learned. So the so-called real neighborhood on Mr. Rogers is also make-believe. So there's some real meta Inception stuff going on there. King Friday and all. We use the phrase drug-inspired so loosely, but sometimes it fits. And not all drug-inspired stuff is inspired by hallucinogens. Some is downer-inspired. Anywho, what should we do now? Feed the fish? Watch a videotape of a crayon factory? Have some jazz musician drop by and make raisin bread? Look at all the sea, bosun. Whole lot of sea, Captain. Indeed. Not but. Beg pardon, Captain? Not but sea. There is not but sea. Not but. I don't know that one. Anyway, lots of sea. And for a long time. One wonders how it is we even know where we are. One wonders. Well, you don't, do you, bosun? You know where we are. No, sir. But you're bosun. That's not what I do, Captain. I'm more like the guy in charge of ropes and mops. Who is next in command after me? Oh, that's the chief mate. But it's the second mate who navigates. Well, then why am I always talking to you, then? No idea, sir. Suppose I'm just lucky. Where are the rest of the crew? Below deck, sir. Well, get the second mate so I can ask where we are. He won't know, sir. I thought you said the second mate navigated. Yes, sir. That's the rank description. And yet? So, the fact is, the whole crew were kidnapped, shanghai Yes, and your point. Well, we aren't none of us sailors. <laughs> then why were you in a sailor's saloon? Not that I had anything to do with it. Well, we weren't. We were in a room at an inn where we were meeting up for our hatmakers convention. Hatmakers? Darn fine ones. Haberdasher. No, it's true. We're all milliners. Milliners. Hatters. Hatters. As in mad as a... Milliner. Mad as a milliner. Who was sailing the ship then? We assumed it was you, Captain, seeing as you're the captain. I haven't a clue how to drive a boat, much less one with wind sheets. All of you are hatters. You're not a bosun. No, I'm not. But I looked up how to make a bosun's hat, and I think I did an even nicer and more practical design. Oh, it is handsome. Lends itself to a bit of authority, which is what I was probably picking up on when I assumed you had some sort of skill. I do have skill, sir. Right. Just not the kind we desperately need. And also because everyone else on the ship has the same useless skill as you do. Perhaps if I made you a realistic enough captain's hat, you could sort of trick yourself into knowing how to sail. Hmm. You know I've never met the crew. They are on the inside part of the ship, the foyer, the lounge. I would like to meet them, since we're in the same boat. I think that's a good decision, Captain. I have a question, though. Will they kill me? Unlikely. They make hats, Captain. They make hats. All right. 
when I make their acquaintance. my show. Time to fix the light. Why is it time to fix the light now in the middle of my show? You can watch your show later. It's stupid. Oh, man. I got my comfort food out. Anyway, after a particularly terrible experience in New York in dealing with a department store, I wrote this particular piece of material. Speaking. Uh, oh, oh my gosh, that sounds important, Mark. Oh, so you're from my bank. Oh, good, good. Oh, I'm so glad that you reached me. Oh, that would have been awful. Oh, of course, of course. My regular account number and password for the online access. Okay, sure, sure. All right, are you ready? All right. I want you to, I'm going to say the number. I want you to remember it now. 276-3948. Yes. Yeah. Commit it to memory. Right. My password. My password is, is, Tusa Aklanta. Yes. Tusa Aklanta. Just repeat it like that after me, and, and then you won't need to write it down. That's right. Think of the number, and then repeat that with me. Tusa Aklanta. That's, and, and then you'll have access to my funds, and you can fix things. Let me know when you're done. Ah. Uh, Okay, there we are. No, it's all right. I know Mark isn't your real name. You don't have to tell me. Okay, you're listening to me though, right? Say yes, Daddy Graveyard. Oh, awesome. Say, what is your bidding? Good, good, good. Well, listen, friend, I have some things I'd like you to do for me. I'm so glad you called.
Once upon a time, in a seaside village in California, lived a man named Rockford. Rockford was no ordinary man, because he had been in both Korea and prison, and was now a detective. One day, he received a visit from a friend, Angel. Jimmy, Jimmy, gotta help me, Jimmy, Jimmy, gotta help me. Angel was being chased by mobsters. Uh, we're a mobster, see, and we're gonna kill that Angel. Rockford wanted to help, but he knew that Angel always got him into a terrible pickle. Jimmy, I have a plan, Jimmy. Angel convinced Rockford to break into the tower and rescue the princess. But it turns out that the princess was just a bag of money. The end. Captain's Law, start eight. I honestly don't know when it is. In fact, if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't know that I am in fact the captain of the Enterprise at all. I have been doing some interdimensional traveling recently and explored alternate timelines and I have met strange time creatures and it really leaves you with identity issues. I mean, there is no self, but what the heck? What are all these other selves? Which one is real? Am I the memories? Am I the inclinations? Am I the uniqueness of my idiosyncrasies? Is that me, Captain Me? What is real? As Robert Schneider of the Apples in Stereo once said to me, it's all Egyptian, man. Back in the 1960s, they did a lot of experimental television and radio. The experimental television manifests itself in things like laugh-in or turn-on. And what they would do is have these quick-cut little skits, not even skits. They were just sort of surreal snippets, little dada bits of culture or weirdness, you know. So they'd just come on and say something like, <clears throat> women's rights or something, and say, mm. And then dance a little bit and say, hey, race relations, da-da-da-da-da, banana. You know, so it was a little absurdity and a little cultural awareness. And sometimes there's a music bed, and it had degrees of strangeness. You know, if you're trying to be new and you're using new things, what have we come up with? What new sounds do we have now? And you think technology is sort of like... Um, I can't think of any brand new sounds we have. Maybe there's small things in production. But, you know, for a while there you have things that nobody have ever heard uh, when synthesizers first came on the scene. Say, what is that? You know, people would listen to Doctor Who and what is this? Is this, a, is this the devil? And years later we say, what's, is there any sound emanating from black holes? And it's the same thing. It's say just the satanic synthesizer music. We knew this all along. But uh, ooh, weird experiment. Now, are we still experimenting? Is that why there's weird sounds under your voice? Hardy, is this an experimental thing? Well, yes. And I'm going to prove a point why we're not experimenting anymore. 
because during those experiments, a lot of people got burned uh, pretty badly. So how do you get burned on cultural experiments or artistic experiments? You'll learn. Go ahead and do one. Try to deviate. Try to vary from the course of a lot of art, you know? So it's just degrees of what... And we, if you don't pander, you do risk living in the wilderness and being an outcast. You know, how much are you willing to sacrifice? How few laughs are you willing to get? See, laughs are like a bell curve. Say, so I'm going to go for the big fat middle. All right. You practice and you be a stand-up comedian. You get on all the TV shows and everything. But see, there's all this room at the other side for partial laughs. Now you say, those people aren't doing that on purpose. How do you know? Not everybody wants the big middle where people are guffawing every few seconds. What's about experimenting? Let's see what I can do. Let me try to get no laughs, and I bet people laugh uncomfortably. Something like that. So people do experiments, but who wants to be in an experiment? Now, in colleges, this is a wonderful thing. They force students, they used to, to be, to do psychological experiments. You say, that can't be, Hardy. I don't know if they still do it, but they used to force college students to do psychological experiments. And you would take a psychology course and say, oh, psychology course. And you'd look at the syllabus, and it said, and not even in fine print, just in regular 12-point or whatever, it would say, and one of the requirements is you have to show up, and there'll be unqualified grad students who need to do experiments with human subjects. So that's now you. Because most people won't do it, you know, and so well, we just requirement, make it a requirement, and we would do that, and we would show up, and they'd, you know, you gotta hit this, uh, beat this other person with a stick or something. I don't think they were that bad, but a lot of times they were, things like that. Mine was something like the guy, the guy in the room said was, was talking uh, mess about you. I go really? What, what? He didn't even know me. So I don't now now play darts. <laughs> I think that was a, I'm not even kidding. It was something where it was like they'd lie to me about what was going on in the other room to see if it would affect my dart game. Now, I don't know if they work for the dart company or whatever, or bars, or pubs. Maybe they were, were uh, pub interests. But if you think there's somebody in the back room talking scat about you or something, then um, you're not going to be able to hit that sweet triple 20 or whatever i don't even play darts i don't even know if it was a regular sometimes i'll make up a game so this is left-handed uh pickle dart or something uh, okay that way people don't come in good at it and they'll know how to evaluate your you know before and after they tell you your your spouse is cheating on you or something so that's how they get you and they get you rattled and then they they evaluate your performance that's great. You do experiments. Like, if you have access to musicians, you ought to try that. Just every once in a while, before somebody goes on stage, tell them some horrible news, see, and then measure. I don't know how you really quantify it. So it wasn't good. They weren't, I didn't feel like, I felt like they weren't present. Nine. Right? I don't know what you do. Like when you do experiments like that. I, I, I don't, maybe, I'm doing one now, maybe. Here's the, that's a thing. If I were doing an experiment, let's say I do experimental radio. How do I go collect the data? Data. How do I go collect data? Data. Data is the character. Data is the information. I got to remember that. How do I collect it? Where do I know? Where's the results show up of my experimentation? So that's what I try not to do in experiment. What I try to give you is the result of something that's been tested over and over again. There's no, no experiments. There's only those safety tests. We've hit it with a hammer. We've poured acid on it. We've eaten it and digested it and put it back together again to see if it's good for you. And it turns out, I think, I hope it is. The best thing that I can give you is something pure, like nothing. Nothingness, I think, is the best gift. What can you get? What could get money? Not even money. I'm going to give you nothing. The gift of nothing. Because everything seems, it feels like all the space is filled up. Doesn't it? 
It feels like all our mental space is filled up, all our physical space is filled up, if we have any of it. But it feels like it's something we got to put something in it. If somebody gives you the, let's say you get a nice steamer trunk. Antique steamer trunk. I defy you to leave it empty. You go, oh, that'd be nice for blank. I'll put blankets in there. And then you do something like that. Or, oh, oh, I'm going to kill one of my classmates and put it in there and then invite the professor over and we'll eat on top of it. That, I mean, that that's too tempting. Leave it empty. Can you do that? I wonder. I'm going to give you, I want to give you the gift of emptiness, of nothingness. I've tried to do that when I'm in people's presence. They say, I'm with you somewhere. I'm with you. You feel like you're not even there. I'm going, it's a gift that I'm giving you. You don't want me. Why don't you be present? Why? How burdensome for you. You don't need that. So I'm going to drift in and be like, just like the air, just some space. Like when you're at a party or something, you're at a wedding reception, and you see a little area of the patio or porch or something at this venue you're at, and you... <laughs> I've been in performance too long. Everything's a venue. Uh, nice venue you got here, preacher. It's a church. Beautiful. I love it. Nice venue. A nice little spot there, you see, where you can be alone, and you go out, and I'm just going to be by myself, and I need some space to put thoughts in. So here, I give you the gift of emptiness. I've mentioned this before. In the 70s, they came out with books that didn't have anything in them. And um, pet rocks, things like that. There was just nothingness. Here's some nothingness to do something with. You mentally project something on it. Now, they would charge you for it. This is an abomination. Because if you're giving somebody nothing, the price tag should be zero. So I'm giving you emptiness. And emptiness is everything, isn't it? That t today, space will be a commodity, they say, in an overcrowded future. But I would give, I can promise you, and I've done the math here, everybody a small cave. Now, I'd probably have to split up families. But I could get everybody a nice little cave. Some of them be clustered together. Some of them be spread out. Some of them would just be a pit in the ground. But, you know, maybe that's the way. We, maybe we over, uh, civilization were overdeveloped. You can become that. And there's just too much civilization. And, you know, it gets to a point, you go, things are fine the way they are. So I got a machine that'll be, no, we don't need it. But come on. There is a, there is a, I love, hey, Ron, I'm not singling out Ron Popeil. But I'm saying there's been people like that in history that will make a pocket fisherman. When you don't need a pocket fisherman. There doesn't need to be a pocket fisherman. And, 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 and I'm sure this is just indicative of lots of things that have happened. Machines that do things we don't need it to, you know. This will make life easier. No, it's not going to make it easier because I look forward to doing that thing. You know, this will sit down and enjoy a good book for you. I don't, you're wrecking life. So... Probably should freeze it, but everybody has a different idea when it should stop, you know. Because I like to, I'm like you, I like comfort. And I really do believe if I could take an air conditioning unit back to medieval France or something so people weren't getting bit by mosquitoes in the Camargue and dying, I would do that. Because bless their hearts, they didn't know. Oh, it's, it's kind of nice here, but it's also hot and kind of buggy. And we don't, you don't, you shouldn't die for that. People don't have to in, in South Florida and everything. They shouldn't have to in the past when we can just grab an air conditioner now and go time travel. We can't time travel yet. What chaos that will be. Oh, bruh. You think the Internet destroyed the, the physical map business. Wait till you see what time travel does to the calendar business. And I love calendars. All sorts of things you can put on there. Everything, every month could be a different old magazine cover that's like when the uh erwin sends me a calendar and i have that something like that on it or um he sends me one with pharmacists topless pharmacists which is weird and they're not they're puppets that's oh, i don't mean to oh i made it sound naughty but they're not they're puppet they're like muppets 
I don't know what makes them pharmacists or and they're not and by topless means it's just they don't have any heads. So they're these weird headless puppets that sell drugs. And you say every month is a different one. Once there's time travel, that, my friend, stuff like that that we're used to is gone. I was gonna have, should I have yes or no? Hands up. Hands arp. Hans arp. Who has a should I have a artificial integrity write the show or should I continue to do it because they have I could get a computer to do it and then I would get a voc a vocaloid to a traditional Japanese vocaloid to to do it to like sing it I was thinking about that I don't know if y'all would you go that's good that's more data than you could ever be I know that's right and I'm thinking maybe I should show myself out so I should just have a machine do it. You're not necessary anymore, Hardy White. You're the kind of thing that you're doing, and you might be experimenting, because I do feel like something, I feel like a burning sensation. The kind that I felt on my privates when I first used Irish Spring, which is too harsh for the human privates. Soap should be gentle, and just the way radio should in a lot of things. I'm not for harshness. I mean, I, I like it, right? But I, I also... A lot of times, uh, I have kids with me because I have them do work around, oh, children. They, they love to dig and plant, replant, and everything like that. So I have them, I have neighborhood kids that come on. You, you want to learn skills? I say it's 4-H, but really it's just me. It's landscaping work. But you could get, that's get eventually that gets, that could be lucrative. And I'm showing them a skill and we're spending time and it also... I'll read to them from Moby Dick because I got that idea from cigar rollers in Tampa back in the day. They'd all sit there rolling cigars and there'd be somebody reading them a novel. So you'd bump into these cigar rollers at bars and everything and they would kick your butt at trivia because it turns out they're in, insanely well read because they sit there and someone reads to them all day. And then some of it's, uh, you know, Russian novels even. You think I'm kidding? Go look it up on the mess period, on the, uh, on the uh, dial. Oh, I don't know what they call it. With uh, the internet, there's another name for it. Gosh, I can't be bothered. I was speaking to another person the other day, an older person. I said, "When did they integrate computers into your job?" And um, and they said, "Oh, you know, it was just I remember when that happened, and uh, it was just awful." And I go, what, what, when was that? And they go, oh, it was, the, it was the 40s. And I go, oh, no, I don't know that it could have been. And they go, no, they were enormous, and we made them ourselves and everything. I was talking to the wrong person. Then I talked to another person, and they said, yes, in the 90s, they had to do word processing on Macs. And I go, that's hell. It was hellish. Uh, people introduce another thing like that, a, a, just another machine. I remember one time I was... Uh, I was working just a, I was working just a landscaping job and my boss came to me and he said, "Can you fly a biplane?" And I said, "No, I don't think so." And he goes, "Well, that's part of the job now." So I just had to learn on the job. Things like that, surgery. I'm willing to do it, but I'd rather have some courses and everything. A lot of times you will get they'll send you to a class or something. Um, you know, we're going to start integrating computers, so we're going to have a computer class about how to change the color on the desktop. That was a Mac class I had. One of the first things, it's blue now, but you can make it. Look at there, that's red. And uh, we'd learn how to do that, and I'd do that. You could customize back then. I had, my, I had my Mac at work customized as to where every time I hit a key, it sounded like an old typewriter. And... Um, Everything was a different sound effect. You drag something into the, you know, a, a folder, and we go, "Hey, now, whoopee!" or something. And they don't even let you do that anymore. I don't think <coughs> that's too much. <laughs> don't let people do that. If that's what I said, what kind of friend am I? Some people live on islands 
If that's who I am, what kind of who am I? No one's an island. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. Across the muted, faded palette of the gods, you stand out like violet. My prayer begins that we are killers in our hearts, lonely and violent. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. Beloved, please erase the nightmares from my sleep. Let my dreams be light again. I close my eyes and see my eyes are looking back. The sky is my blanket. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If it were up to me, I'd set the sea on fire. The waves light the heavens. If I could see into the future of my heart, I'd leap to the heavens. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. 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 Oh, are you lonely, my friend? All human beings at some time are lonely, even when they're alone. Well, of course, that's what lonely means. I know, but you're never alone if you're alone, if you're with yourself, right? At least I'm not. But that could be because I hit my head or something. I often am able to speak to myself uh, as if it's not me. I don't know what that is, but I have other voices that uh, that keep me company. Now, yes, of course, I get lonely. I want to be with other people. Um, but sometimes other people are like pancakes in that you only think you want pancakes. And once you have them, you go, oh, I feel kind of stuffed, right? And people are like that too. I love them. Oh, I love being with them, and I love them in theory even more. So I'm lonely for them more than I am something with when I'm with them. You can write that down. That's very profound. It will be when I find that missing word. But now it is. Now it's just a little bit of a thought. But it'll come together for me. Because I'm trying to. What I'm trying to do is just pour forth my heart. I'm not a trained uh, clergyman. I'm not a, a member in good standing right now of any religion that I know of. Otherwise, I'd be getting a bill. It's a hey, Just a reminder. You owe us money. I love it. Well, then, if you're going to collect money from me, could we be some sort of mutual aid society or something? Can I get it back? Can it be like nonprofit insurance? What are you doing with the money? Do we need another building? I don't always go to the building. Why can't it be for something like, you know, minimum meal delivery service so I don't have to worry about where my food's coming from? I don't, but, I mean, should I have? You know, just a suggestion. These are the words that get me kicked out of churches and uh, synagogues and things. Now, uh, I digress. 
because I'm here to combat loneliness, which is actually pretty, pretty easy because little animals can do it. Oh, they do it better sometimes. <gasps> you know, they have, uh, if you don't have a cat and you like cats, you can go to a cat cafe, especially in Japan. And they also have old, 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 uh, lonely old man cafe or something too. I'm going to come up to you. Some of the old, old lonely old men don't, you can't go up to them or touch them, but others will come right up to you and say, hey, what are you doing? And that's me. I work at one of those. And, uh, I'd love that. I'll come over and if I see somebody have a coffee, I'll come and sit next to him. How you doing? Are you here because you're lonely and you miss your old person? Well, I'll be here for you. What? That's just me. Just yelling what. And, um, oh, I got in trouble the other day. with a, a, Sometimes on the third time, uh, if, if my, my mother can't hear me, I'll just say, I'll just agree with her. And that's wrong. So I'm just like publicly apologize if anybody heard me. Because she said, what'd you order? And I said, lasagna. And she said, what? And I said, lasagna. And she said, what, pizza? And I said, yeah. Because I, I didn't want to yell lasagna again. But now I realize that that's what I did was wrong. So I don't know. I don't usually use the radio for confession. But I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I'm so sorry. And she did not deserve that from me. But, you know, again, I'm not going to argue from my point of view because I was just, that undoes an apology. Who wants to hear, who wants to hear your butt? Who wants to hear or see your butt? You know, I know it was wrong. I'd like to give some, I've heard some stand-up comedy lately. Oh, my goodness. I heard a lot of stand-up comedy lately. And here's my, here's my comment. Oh, it's hard. How difficult unbelievable I, I would stand there and I'd say bless their heart this is so hard I can't imagine doing what they're doing there's no way that I would stand up there and say what that person is saying right now I couldn't do it could not do it and was just dumbfounded and really really thinking my goodness look at you up there something else so Something I can't and would not do. Um, but I have, a, I have a few tips because that doesn't stop me from having an opinion. Oh, my gosh. Hey, look, I go to the doctor and they send me an email and say, we'd like your feedback. you got to be kidding me. That's why I came to y'all. I guess, okay. I don't know. <laughs> you know, was it, you got a diagnosis. Was it correct? I don't, I don't know. I hope so. Get back, you know, now is not, don't, like two days after the appointment, don't ask me. Wait a little time, and we'll see. Oh, my goodness. Puts me on the spot a bit. Mm. Oh, where were we? If you are constructing a joke for your amateur stand-up or professional stand-up, act. Here's, I would never, and this has to do with butt. It's the butt, the butt word. I would not say, hey, I really like, and then say, like, a marginalized community. And say you are friend of same, and then say, but, because after the but, you know, I'm going to write a book called After the But. What are you really getting at? Um, I think you've just negated the other part. And we're just, you're going for it. I'm going to go ahead and kick down. Y'all going to laugh if it's not you. So I wouldn't do that. And uh, so, oh, I can't offend anybody. Who do you want, who is it that you want to offend? You got to decide. I always thought like, oh, do I want to, you know, look around and say, do I want to offend people already getting offended or getting hurt or something? And, you know, I, I, it used to be that you'd want to offend maybe a Monopoly man or something and, and resent them for being tyrannical or something like that. And not, you know, your mom's friend who's a pet sitter. Eh, is different, right? So, and um, so I like to, 
I like to kick up at the people that are right, trying to ride their horse over me or step on my throat. See, that they should be the butt, uh, the butt of your brunt, of your butt joke, and and uh, not down. That's just me though. But I guess if you want to be a bully, but I'm not big on bullies. Oh my goodness! I always thought my, I finally figured out a little bit how to thwart bullies, and and one is to be, uh, just absolutely obtuse or something, oblivious. Sometimes that they can't take the frustration because that's why they're bullies is they have low frustration. So you just, you can't keep frustrating. I don't know what you do about violence. You know, somebody socks you in the head, what you do. Butchie says, stab them to death. But I've never thought that was effective. You know, because you are, you're really conflicted if you're a person who's, oh, well, I don't believe in violence. Well, the good thing is you don't have to believe in it. But, uh, you, you could say, I don't want to be violent. I don't want to hurt or inflict harm or anything like that. So what do you do, you know? So, well, I could learn Aikido or something or get a force field around me. That's a, that's a thought. Or I could do, I could be, use really subtle Taoist principles. Like what? Not go to school at all. That was, that would be good. Yeah, just not, they wouldn't even know me because I was never there. That's a good one too. Um... I used to be, sometimes I'd wear a mustache and say, I am, I am also a teacher, but I have smaller stature, like that. Um, and it worked a little, because I was receding, my hairline was receding, even at like eight or nine. So in the fourth grade, I looked, you know, I looked like I was in my late 20s. I could pass. It was fun. Oh, my gosh. Looking back at my youth, don't we miss it? A little bit. I miss some of it. I miss the really, the really young, young, young. Where the stuff I can barely remember, when the world was insane. When the whole thing was like a psychedelic freakout. And a lot of the times, I remember being violently ill. I do remember that. I remember zero to zero to four, just a lot of like throwing up, a lot of high fevers chills and body aches and all sorts of things stuff rashes and headaches and it was insane if you make it through that you're good though but i don't know what was going on there is it welcome to the world um it's a microbial hell and then if you survive it though it's oh it's one of the all the throwing up a lot of times people voluntarily go back for it Say, I miss having things like chicken pox or whatever. So I'm going to drink too much vodka. And then tomorrow, some of you are thinking, vodka? I never throw up from vodka. Um, Well, I'll get you a recipe that will make you hungover. Um, Don't challenge people like that. People do it. They do drinking challenges and hurt themselves. I don't do that. I can't. Gosh. Nowadays, I thank goodness now I'm old and everything makes me feel sick. So that's a, what a boon. I really feel like that's a gift. And uh, and now I don't feel, and I don't feel any social pressure either. I don't, I don't really drink anymore. And so, not that, what do you mean social pressure? Well, you get to, uh, like you even go to church and they make you do shots. It's crazy, right? I know it, it's not alcoholic, but still. Um, question. Here's a, here's a theological question. I was watching the new Star Trek, and the Klingons, and I don't know if this is canon, and they have always done that, drink some kind of blood wine. And I thought, ah, what? That's from the Bible. So I don't know what they got. I don't know how they got that. But it's almost like it got stuck in between, you know? Um, you know, which is it? Now it's both. In the, in the Klingon world, it's, bo- it's, it's literally both things. My goodness, I thought they were just in the church. It's, it's one of them, it's symbolically. So I don't know, that's a, that's a question for theologians or Gene, Gene Roddenberry is dead. So I guess um, people, who are the people that speak to the dead? 
mediums, smediums. Uh, so we want to, uh, you know, be, I want to be respectful, first of all. And that's why I don't, I won't get into theological things on the show. A lot of things you want to, here's the things I don't talk about on the show. Politics, theology, culture, morality, philosophy, history, handbar, food theory, uh, art, art, hang on, music, music history, music theory, autonomy, medicine, neurology, neuroenergy. Brain science, chemistry, paleontology, phrenology, ontology, phylogeny, um, cetiology, cetiology, whales, study of whales, um, mercenary sciences. I think that's it. I don't know how many is that. How many is that? Jason? It's a 23. There's no Jason in there. I wish there was some a fellow on the other side of a booth that helped me out a lot. Press play on, like, he sees I'm about to start coughing, and so he, he hits, um, you know, a song by Bread. And then we listen to that for a minute while I get my composure and have some water. But that's not my life here. Well, a lot of the people, you listen to DJs, you listen to it FM. WFMU, they do their own board opping, you know. Um, I don't know if there's any. I would love to. Everybody should have an assistant after a certain age. And maybe the government should provide it. I would have done it for somebody. It'd be wonderful. Just, you know, just do their. I would be great because I wouldn't make them do anything that I wouldn't do. And I'd be making them coffee and stuff like that. I like doing that. If, any, if I, Sometimes if I've hired somebody to do something, I end up just waiting on them and, and doing it. Because really, secretly, what I want is someone to talk to. And, um, you know, I can't sit there and watch somebody else work and not work. So I just do it. And then have them sit there and just keep me company. That's what I'm really looking for. That's what I need. I'm, I, you know what I'm going to get? I'll tell you what I'm going to get. Instead of a lawn service, I'm going to get a rider mower where two people can sit in the seat. And then I'm going to hire somebody to ride with me and just talk. We'll talk. If you can't, if it's too loud to hear, we'll get those things that people use on motorcycle trips. So we each have helmets, and then you go, Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How about a roar on a motorcycle? Yes, we are. Look at this guy. Yeah, look at that guy. So get all, let's get off here and have Wendy's. Okay, let's go. That's what I imagine. Can you, um, I bet the, I wonder if it's a radio transmitted. I bet the weatherman has like 500 recorded conversations of uh, older people on uh, cross-country motorcycle trips talking to each other about whether they should get off and have a hamburger. Just putting it out there. I don't know if you're listening. But um, that'd be great. Like a whole album of that, of just that. And um, I love it. I might do it. I'll do a whole show like that. Just people talking to each other from uh, from walkie-talkies. That'd be lovely. Yeah, do it. I won't do that. It is so much. I'll tell you. I can't tell you how liberating it is to be able to speak on radio for as long as I do. And I'll tell you why. Because I can get rid of an idea. I can get it out. I can get it out of me without having to make it some kind of long-term project. Some people have an idea and they go, I've got this idea of this land, you know. And then all of a sudden it's a movie and they're writing it up in a script and everything like that. And then they've got to devote all this time and energy to getting it done. And that, Not me, man. I have an idea and I go, well, there's this place and you know, people have pumpkin heads. It's gone. Then it's out there. It's I don't have to go back to it. I can do the voices. Sometimes I get more, you know obsessed enough. I can have sound effects and everything. And then it's done, baby. It doesn't have to become some kind of fixation. I don't have to dream about doing an album of it. I've got it out of my system. I'll just, I love that. I'd rather do that. If you want to use my idea and go do something with it, bless your heart. Go for it. 
But I do not have, that is not in my constitution. I could not possibly, you know. You're going to make that into a book. Nope. No. <clears throat> it's done. It's a story. It's a fire. It's a story at a bar. That's what it is. I know how long it is. If we got like 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to tell you the story about working at Putt-Putt. That's it. That's not a book. And that's how I've lived my life. And I love it being on the radio. I can just tell you things. And then I don't have to write them up. I remember going to therapy one time. And the therapist said, you know, you're going, uh, uh, what about keep, how do you feel about keeping a diary? And I said, I'd rather, you're making things worse. If, are you trying to make things worse? Because if you give me some kind of homework I got to do here, we're done. I'm not, I didn't come here to write things down, and then that's not how I operate, you know? Besides, I'm here, I'm trying to forget stuff. And you, here you are, you're like, you should memorialize it. No, thank you. I, writing down is how I memorize things. If I have to memorize things, I write it down. Like if I got to do a show or something and it does have a script, I got to have the script, and then I got to hand hand reproduce the script as I say it out loud. And that's how I memorize things. So if you say, oh, take your trauma, and you just write it up, write it up like it's Chekhov. No. Thank you not. So I'd love it. And now I'm just going to give it to you. My friend the other day introduced me to the phrase trauma dumping, which is here you go. Uh, uh, you can get anything you want. At Alice, that's what I'm going to do. Just the side of the road, I'll take my trash, all my trauma, and I'll put it in this ditch here. <coughs> They're going to track me down, though. You'll, they'll find it's mine. Oh, I'm blessed by you. We're doing this crazy thing together. Look, it looks like, like Hardy's just careening through life without any idea what's going on. And Absolutely. With an open heart, he's still feeling things and feeling love and feeling... Uh, joy and feeling vulnerable and feeling weak but feeling strong sometimes too oh yes that's me sometimes i feel enlightened sometimes i feel like the world's biggest fool and say no you're not the world's biggest fool that would be a superlative and you're not the best anything not even the best stupid person how, how do you feel about that and go oh i don't mind here swimming in the lukewarm waters of uh, mediocrity i don't mind it oh bless you this blessed sameness and uh, we don't have to be distinctive, do we? Oh, let's all embrace one another, friends. I want you to have a, uh, a light heart if you need it. And whatever you need, I can take whatever you need. I'm not even, listen, I'm just going to turn around. You get what you need because I don't want to dictate that. I want you to be free to get what you think is uh, necessary in your life. Oh, I am blessed by your existence. I'm so glad we're on the radio together. This is Miracle Nutrition on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County in New York City, New York, and online at WFMU.org. Oh, it is so glad. I am so, it is so glad. What is so glad? My friend here, my little monster friend, it is so glad. I'm glad. He is glad. Why? He likes that we're all together and can talk together. He does. He sure, he sure does. Oh, my friend, thank you so much for being with me, joining me this week and uh, every week uh, on this wonderful radio station where we can do things that seem like experiments but really aren't uh, at all experiments as much as they are chaotic happenings. And that is a wonderful thing, too. And then you can do the experiment by making observations and writing things down and predicting what you think is going to happen and who's going to get fired. And then uh, see if it comes true. See how accurate, how accurate your predictions are. And you then will be engaging in the art sciences. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you again next week.
twins name was ebony her name was mahogany 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 twins name was ebony
Make love. 